found the Winding Road Podcast, hosted by Jason and Isaac. We're two friends who are sitting in the driveway just chatting about cars over some drinks, while two of our favorite cars are sitting behind us shining in the sun. We never know where the conversation will go, but we hope you join us. Welcome back, everyone. Episode 21, back at it. And Jason, I remembered, uh, if you remember after my trip last month, several shows back, um, mm-hmm. I said that I didn't have any car sightings from our trip. I mm-hmm. remembered one randomly the other day. Um, I actually saw a Yugo on the road going up the highway through New York. And uh-huh. I, I think it might be the second one I've ever seen in my life. Have you ever seen one of those? I don't think so, no. Do you know anything about them? Um, not much. I know that they had a pretty bad reputation as far as reliability is concerned. That's for sure. Am I right with that? Yeah. Like, yeah I don't I think any, I don't think anybody was ever like, oh, let me go get a Yugo because they're <laughs> awesome cars and they're so cool and fast. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to my father-in-law about it. He's like, yeah, they pretty much fell apart as you were driving them down the road. Was, I'm curious, was your was your father-in-law um, a mechanic or something? No. No, he's he just, he's a car guy though. He um Yeah. He, he seems actually, to know a lot about cars. Yeah, he's a car guy like you and I. Mm-hmm. Um he actually was he grew he did like a, an internship when he was a teenager on a farm in New York. Mm-hmm. Um but he grew up in New York City and he he's had a bunch of Nissans. Um mm. and he just yeah, he He's a car guy. He nice. uh, used to, you know, do some some minor maintenance on his own, and uh, you know, we've got an air compressor in the garage and some tools mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, he's the seventy eight that did this year, and mm-hmm. he still only drives low cars. Like he, his car is the M four. It's a manual transmission, mm-hmm. and his other car is the G thirty seven, like my wife's. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's never going to buy an SUV and, you know, a lot of people his age or younger, um, find it too inconvenient to get into a car that low. Uh, so he's, he's a diehard. He's gonna, he's never going to buy anything that sits higher to make it easier for him to get into. He'd rather enjoy the drive. That's awesome. That's, I, I love hearing those things. It's, it's a dying breed and, um, I like it when people are, um, staying with them, even though it's probably more of a burden as you get mm-hmm. older and that kind of thing. Yeah. Especially as he's, I mean, he's stuck with it as he's had to have his hip replaced twice. Um, he's had a knee surgery oh. and he still, you know, sticks with it. He's That's not awesome. going to give up on it. So, you know, got to give it to him for that. For sure. percent. Um, but yeah, we were, we were talking about that and I actually didn't know much about them. So I looked up to see some information about them. So on the Wikipedia page, um, obviously so like Yugo, the Yugo. Yeah. So Yugo is short for, um, or it's be, it's derived from the word Yugoslavia cause they were built, um, in that part of the world uh-huh. and they were built from, looks like 1980, believe it or not until 2008. Wow. That's really yeah. surprising to me. Um, but it's probably because, you know, it was, it's a little Russian car basically. And, um, you know, the, some things are different over there for obvious reasons. Right. Um, but it, it actually came with like four different engines. And of course we got one of the biggest engines because of our driving situation. Like, um, 
you know, just needing more power and stuff like that. But the biggest it, probably it, wasn't even that big. What do you? Th- what size engine do you think it was in it? In the biggest? In any of them? I want to say four cylinder. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought it might have a three cylinder, but they they were all four cylinders. I was thinking the same thing. Could it be a three cylinder? They were all even the smallest was a four cylinder. Yep. Wow, that surprises me a little bit. I was I was. Part of me was like it could be a two cylinder because I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I could see that. Like super underpowered, just it gets you where you have to go, no matter how slow you're going. Mm-hmm. What was the engine size and what was the displacement? So the smallest one was a 900 cc four cylinder, okay. and then wow. it went up to a one liter, a 1.1, and a 1.3 liter, and then it came with either a four speed or five speed manual or a three speed automatic. Hmm. They must be really small cylinders on that four cylinder to have that small of a displacement. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If, if you would double that, you would have a 1.8 liter V8. Hmm. Or a, the, the big one would be a 2.6 liter V8. Well, didn't um, F1 cars, don't they have like really small high revving V8s? Yeah, so at some points through um, various you know points in history, uh, I think at I think when they were the V8s, they were they usually hung out between like 1.5 or 1.6 liter engines, no yeah. matter how many cylinders there were. Uh-huh. I think even the V12s were like a 1.5 liter V12 or something like no that. No way, really? Yeah. Wow. God, that's crazy. They must be like tiny cylinders or tiny pistons that make have that many cylinders with such a small displacement. Yeah, they're I mean, but they at the same time they rev to almost twenty thousand RPM and they True. idle at five thousand RPM. Do they really? Like they don't even run below like four or five thousand RPM. Wow. I always like one of the cars that I've always would like to have, and you know, I don't know why this goes back to Ford, but the SHO Tauruses. Had a 3.4 liter. This is 96 and up. Had nine, uh, 3.4 liter V8, which is like a pretty small V8 in you know American standards, like production cars. And I'd always like, I'd always wanted to have one of those for some reason, even though they weren't very aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. So I just looked it up real quick. Um, the okay, so it was. In 2005, the Ferrari F1 car had a three-liter V10. Okay. So they're a little bit bigger, um, but I mean, currently they have a 1.6-liter turbocharged V6 hybrid. Uh, but I know, hybrid. yeah, they've been that way since 2014. In F1 that, racing. Yeah. Before that, yeah. they were V8s. Why would why would you have a hybrid on a track like to save fuel? Or more power? Uh, yes, both. So they, you know, times are changing and um, a lot of people think it's, you know, it's a good idea to try to have, you know, to be able to keep racing. You mm-hmm. need to find a way to be like more sustainable and environmentally mm-hmm. friendly because people care about that more than they did 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so they started going to smaller engine sizes. Like back in the '90s, you could do a V8, a V10, or a V12. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, they mandated V8s. So like from 
I think the late 2000s to like 24, 2013, they were V8s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the, the displacement was always small. And then when they redid the formula for 2014, uh, they decided on a V6 hybrid with turbo and, or V6 turbo hybrid. And there's actually several parts to that drivetrain um, that help to collect energy and use energy and store energy. But they basically, or the electric motor is used for more power and it's also used to be able to use less fuel and still go as fast. So, you know, they, they're still the quickest cars, almost the quickest cars on the road or on the track. Uh, I think, I think prototype Lamar cars might be faster, but they, they race about 200 kilometers per race, roughly. And they only use a hundred uh, ki- kilograms of fuel. So like they have a set amount of fuel they can use. And so they use a combination of the V6 turbo and the battery pack to be able to make that full distance. And so the current cars uh, use less fuel than any other Formula One car in history. And they go the fastest. That's cool. Technology Mm -hmm. has the design of the car because F1 cars always, to me, look the same no matter, you know, when you're looking at them or what year they're from. Um, but, you know, to incorporate battery packs and fuel and motor, has the design of these things changed to, 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 to be able to facilitate all these things? Um, I mean, they from the outside, they look similar. They mm. have gotten larger over time. Mm. Um, but the the design changes more so to to affect how they can like how much downforce they create and how they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the design does, isn't necessarily predicated on the drivetrain, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, yeah, that was my question. How do you feel about all that stuff happening? I I don't really have a preference on the engine. Um, configuration i think if they can if racing organizations can find a way to be sustainable and less harmful for the environment than it was and Mm -hmm. still put on a good show i'm all for it because you Mm -hmm. know it still gives me something to watch yeah it doesn't bother me i don't really have a strong opinion about i know a lot of people when they went from the v8s and the v10s to the v6s they were complaining that it didn't sound great um, mm-hmm. and while it definitely, they don't definitely don't scream like the old engines do mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily bother me. Like when we went to the race in Canada, uh, three years ago, I actually didn't have to wear earplugs and it wasn't super uncomfortable. Now we weren't in the grandstand on the, on the pit street. So maybe mm-hmm. it would have been louder, um, when they're all together, like taking off and stuff like that. Yeah, but it wasn't like when I went to a NASCAR race when I was a kid, and you had forty-three V8s with open exhausts running around in circles um, mm-hmm. in a big. Essentially, it's a stadium. Um, those were loud, and you had to wear hearing protection. Um, Where was it that you went? So we went to Dover. They still run there, don't they? Yeah, I think they still do twice a year. They used to, and I think they still do. Mm-hmm. 
it's funny how things change and, you know, you have to get with the times or, you know, get left in the dust. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know much about F1 racing. It's interesting to hear, like, you know, the, the route they're going in. I guess you have to change with the times, right? I'm trying to figure out how much, because, so they, they have 100 kilos of fuel because fuel changes with temperature, how much it weighs. So, like, you just can't say 10 gallons of gas. Um, I was trying to see how much 100 kilograms of fuel actually equates to. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to f- say it's probably, like, 20 gallons or something like that, but I don't know. I'm probably way and, off. And that's how, you, that's how much they use in a race? They have to use a little bit less than that. They have to have, um, I think, a kilogram of fuel left over to, so that the FIA, the sanctioning body, can, if they decide to randomly test the fuel to make sure it's legal, they have to have a, a, a full kilogram of fuel that they can pull out of a car. So they basically have to use 99 kilograms of fuel. And how many, like, how many miles is that? I like. I, I can't fa- I, I don't understand like metric you know what I mean it's like yeah. I, th- I think of gallons and miles yeah so I think the average race is about 200 kilometers and that qu- equates to about 125 miles okay so 20 gallons in 125 miles essentially is, is um, what you're thinking I'm gonna have to look this up for another podcast because it's, it's gonna bug me that it's not Correct, yeah. but yeah, let's yeah. let's call it for now, twenty six gallons. Okay. For a for a hundred and twenty five miles. Mm-hmm. That's still not very good fuel economy. <laughs> no, but they're also, you know, capable yeah. of doing two hundred and twenty miles an hour. And true, um, you're you like know, on and off the gas. They're traveling, uh, three miles in about a minute and a half. True. Okay. And. We do three miles if on the highway. We do three miles in, you know, almost three minutes. Mm-hmm. So in half the time, they're covering the same distance. Makes sense. Isn't there a track in Monaco? Yep. That's where they just were a few weeks ago. That sounds bad. The last weekend in May, they were in Monaco. Is that a that that seem, you know, I don't know like I really don't follow that kind of racing, but it seems to me like that's a pretty from what I've seen in you know in the popular circles that that's a pretty elite track. It's definitely known as like kind of the crown jewel. Like mm-hmm. if you equate it to horse racing, it's like the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. Like all the celebrities are there. It's a lot of pomp and circumstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's everything is uh, exorbitantly priced like hotel mm-hmm. rooms and tickets and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely the place to get, to go to be seen, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, and it's, it's one of the oldest races on the calendar. Um, mm-hmm. Although it, they have a very, their contract with formula one is a very legacy contract and they have certain perks that a lot of the newer tracks don't have and their contract expired with this race and as of as of now they haven't been able to agree to terms to continuing racing there so Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens next year if they come back if it comes back on the calendar or if it skips a year or whatever um but yeah there's a lot of stuff in the background that they're being worked on to see if they can bring it back 
I don't think that they would let that one go. I mean, they'll they'll figure something out. I don't know. I mean, they they don't really want to give up any concessions um, on either side. So the new owners of Formula One, they want to move the structure of deals a certain direction, mm-hmm. and the Monaco um, Car Club, essentially, or whoever runs it, they mm-hmm. don't want to give anything up. Like they have a lot of things that they do and that and stuff that they just they just don't want to give it up. So it's like, you know, a football player, he's been in the league for a long time and he, you know, has a very cushy contract where it pays a lot and um, he has fewer requirements and he gets whatever, as opposed to a rookie, you know, they have to kind of earn their stripes to get certain things in their contract. And so you know, there's, they're still negotiating that. They've been trying to do that, I think, for about a year or two. And so far, they haven't come up with anything in the halfway area. I've never been. It seems like a cool place. And I don't know. Maybe one day. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, Monaco is a little little port town um, mm. between France and Italy. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a town and a – they call it a principality, but it's basically a town and a country – all in the same place, and I think it's probably the, I think it's smaller than Manhattan. Yeah, it doesn't but, look like it. it doesn't look like it's huge, and the and the um, the route looks like they, it's, it's like a street, like, like regular common roads that they yep. turn into a track, right? Yep. And some of it is some of it has become permanent because they've been racing there for so long. Yeah. Um, some of the uh, curbing, like the rumble strips, have become they're there year round. Uh, some things are temporary and they build them every year. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, to live in Monaco, mm-hmm. you either have to have been born there or you have to have a minimum amount of net worth. To you do can't what? just to live there. To are become you a serious? resident. Are you, you can't serious? Just, you can't just move there. You either have to be born there or you have to have a certain level of net worth. And so by default, to be born there, your family has to have a certain level of net worth. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a tax haven, like a lot of um, wealthy people and sports stars and stuff like that move there because it's kind of like a tax haven. And so mm-hmm. they pay less income tax and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a tiny little place and they have very strict rules to live there as far as being able to be, have citizenship. Wow. That's interesting. Do you know what the minimum level of net worth is? I feel like it's more than ten or a hundred million dollars. It's it's something like crazy. Like it's, it's definitely multi millions. You have to have. Wow. wow. There's probably more to it than that, but yeah, right. right, right. It's a very exclusive area to live. Sure, yeah. we'll go with that for the sake of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to the point where if you try to valet like a nine eleven, they're gonna laugh you out, and you're not even gonna park your car. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be rolling up in, you know, like the, the new Ferrari Roma or yeah. um, a McLaren Senna, then you get attention. But if you have, you know, your run of the mill Ferrari, that's, you know, $250,000, nobody even blinks an eye. That's like yeah, right. Toyota Camry's there. Yeah. Can you imagine the car sightings at that place? That's all it is, is car sighting. So what else you got? You got anything else, else in your mind this week? Kelsey's car needs tires again. Okay. 
When did you get one. I thought you put them on a few years ago. Not too long that we put two brand new tires on the rear. Oh, that's um, right, because they're different, and I I gave you crap for that. Yeah. No, 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 no. They they're they're matte. Wait, are they? I thought you said they had two different tires on the front and the back. No, same same style and design, just not new. Oh, okay. So so they they you put them on at like a year apart or something. Something like that, yeah. So okay. she's got that's like a better. really yeah really bad leak on uh, the front right the front right, and um, I don't want to put new tires on this car again. So I'm trying to figure out what to do. Is it one of the older tires or the newer tires? The older ones. Okay. And they're, they're like 16 inch. It's not like they're, you know, yeah. G-rated or anything like that. But I just don't want to. I just I'm, quoted, if it makes you feel any better, I just quoted a guy on Saturday for, or the other Saturday, quoted him for his tw- uh, Q8. He's got 22 mm-hmm. inch tires. Mm-hmm. They were like 680 a tire. Just for, the tire, just for the tire itself, they were hand cooked, mm. so they weren't even like Michelin or. I know, something like I know. That. I shouldn't even complain because I can probably get <laughs> one for like for like ninety bucks, like some like a fusion or something. So I'm probably just gonna do that and just get you know because it's gonna cost more money if if we blow a tire out, you know, on Kelsey's commute or something, and have to get the thing towed or whatever. Yeah. So it's one of those frustrating things because. Yeah, you know, when you when you have an older vehicle to uh, to maintain, it's always something. So that's why I need I need the uh, the used car department, Isaac's used car department, to come in for me. Right before I go to the shop, not you know, this one looks good, <laughs> sounds good to me. Don't do anything <laughs> to it, I'll take it. <laughs> I think that's pretty much all I've got for this week. Not too, not too many things occurred this week. Hopefully we'll get some more car shows in or maybe a drive or something. I'm, you know, I'm talking about doing a, um, Kelsey and I were trying to do a vacation and, um, airfare is just going crazy. Hmm. So we were going to, I think we talked about this a while ago about going to San Francisco. Okay. We had a trip planned. But we had to cancel it because airfare is just like stupid expensive. So now we're talking about taking a road trip. Okay. So um, I think our radius is going to be like eight or nine hours and we may go north. So maybe I'll do some research about that and we'll be able to discuss that on the next week's podcast. Which is cool. You know, I like to drive and Kelsey doesn't mind being in the car. So. As long as she can stand that much time with me in the car, I think we'll be good. Uh, I was just looking up. You're talking about going for a road trip. Yeah. Um, I was looking up what we paid for fuel when we went to Vermont. So okay. between Vermont and Rhode Island and back, um, she gets about her car's decent. Uh, could be better, but like normally day to day driving, she only gets like 19 because she likes to sit in the car with the AC on for like 45 mm-hmm. minutes frequently for mm-hmm. some reason uh, when she goes mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a road trip we can get between 24 and 25 miles a gallon but it does take premium is that a 3.5 or 3.7 3.7 v6 uh all-wheel drive and i think it probably i think it probably weighs like 3600 pounds yeah i mean it gets the same it's the same mileage as my cayman does yeah um and i have a little bit smaller engine and my car weighs like a thousand pounds less um but we we did roughly a thousand miles, maybe eleven hundred, and I put about 
$260 in fuel in the car. That's not bad. You guys went to Maine, you said? No, Vermont and Vermont. Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Yeah. So it was about a thousand miles round trip. We did a little bit of driving while we were there, you know, around there too. So basically I filled, I always fill up before I, like the day I leave or the day before I leave. And then uh, I filled up twice while we were out there. Interesting. You'll have to give me some advice because maybe that might, maybe that'll be, maybe that was we'll... a, I think it was a total of like 45 gallons of gas. How long did it take you to get there? Or did you guys stop over? No, we drove straight through. Actually, mm-hmm. it wasn't too bad because we avoided New York City. Um, so that helped. I think mm-hmm. if we would have driven straight through probably five hours, maybe five and a half to Vermont. Mm-hmm. Um, it was southern Vermont. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you know, we had to stop like every hour and a half because if she's not sleeping, she's got to stop the pee. So <laughs> She's not sleeping. <laughs> so what do you like, do? What, what do you do we when she's the- sleeping? We get in the car on a road trip and about 20 minutes in, she's asleep. And then like, she'll wake up in about an hour and a half. Hey, can you uh, stop somewhere when you find somewhere? <laughs> have to go like, really? I just want to drive straight through. Like, yeah. Let's just go. Yeah. yeah. So, but we stopped and grabbed lunch somewhere and um, some snacks here and there. So we took our time though. We weren't like in a hurry, which is like, sometimes yeah. we're trying to get somewhere by a certain time. Like mm-hmm. if we leave after work or something, Mm-hmm. um you know we're, we're going to try to get there before it's too late so you know nine ten o'clock but mm-hmm. we we left you know we didn't get us up, up super early so we left at like nine mm-hmm. and then we kind of just took our time getting there um because mm-hmm. we weren't in a rush or anything so it was nice it was it was different than we do sometimes when we travel because of situations and stuff but this time i wanted to make sure we were taking our time what happened with the pups the dogs yeah. So the one dog, she's indifferent because she's Sarah's dad's dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but our dog, he was not happy. He mopes every time she leaves the house, even if it's for five minutes. He just lays there and like looks sad and everything. So he was doing that for a week um, until she finally got back. And then, you know, they cuddled and stuff and he was okay. But he's basically her shadow anyway. So does it make it hard for you guys to leave? No. I mean, she was she was okay with it because she didn't have to worry about taking care of dogs or anything for a few days. But like on the way home, she's like, "I miss my dog. I'm ready to go mm-hmm. home." Mm-hmm. Oh, it's nice to get away, but it's it's always nice to come home too. Yeah, it's always nice to get back. So yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what next week brings us. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up for the night. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. You can reach us by email at windingroadspodcast at gmail dot com or on Instagram. Winding Roads podcast. We look forward to hearing from you there. Um, Until next time, enjoy the drive.